are listening to the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose, episode number one. Here we go. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Hello and welcome to this very special first episode of the Mind Body Academy podcast. I am so excited to be here with you because we have so much to dive into and this is only the beginning, my friends. This is the very first podcast that I've ever recorded and I know you've come here to learn something. So I thought about sharing my story, but what's really much more valuable to you than for you to listen to me, blah, blah, about me, myself, and I, is for you to have the opportunity to get to learn something about yourself. Because you're really the building block of all of this. And studying yourself is what the Mind Body Academy is all about. It's no happy accident that the Mind Body Academy can be abbreviated to the MBA. The reason that I created the MBA is the same reason that has you listening to podcast after podcast. There is a gap in our education system, and it's the one that allows us to bridge between knowledge acquisition and application and translate what we're learning into actual results. And that's how we manage our minds. You've probably had the experience at some point where it's like, well, shoot, aren't I smart enough to figure this out? If I'm so smart, why can't I make more money? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I attract the right person? And what's so interesting is that when we ask ourselves those questions, it feels like what we're facing is a knowledge gap. And sometimes we are, but more often than not, it's a mismanaged mind that keeps us from actually going out and using what we know to create the life we want. What's so fascinating to me is that the upper limit of what's possible in our lives will always be how we've learned to manage our minds. So without conditioning not only our physical health, but also our mental and emotional health, everything that we go on to create in our lives that stacks on top of that in a really fundamental way isn't going to be sustainable or dependable or even scalable in many ways. So... The success scaffolding that holds everything up in our lives is our health, mental, physical, and emotional. If you're like most people, I'm pretty sure you won't be like joyfully throwing your arms up in the air and yelling Jenga when things start to crumble because you didn't have a solid base in place, right? Are you with me on this? (laughs) Let's get into it. Let's let this work introduce you to you. So... One of the key benefits of studying yourself is being able to answer the question, who am I? Probably the main reason people lack purpose in their lives is that they aren't able to answer this question on purpose. Yet it's this age-old wisdom that was passed down to us and even transcribed on the table 
the table, (laughs) the temple at Delphi in Greece to, quote, know thyself. So who are you? Are you the job you work? Are you the job you work and don't even like? (laughs) Are you the amount of money in your bank account? Are you how much you weigh? Of course not. But most of us hitch our identities to those things. And when we don't like our job, when we aren't satisfied in our relationships, when we're afraid to check our bank account or to step on a scale, we feel a little, well, like lost. And since who we are is determined by something external to us, we are either living in or at the mercy of a sense of inadequacy. Maybe even bigger than that is the fear that all those things and above that who we are is actually up to us and something that we've left undecided. Marianne Williamson wrote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. So deep down beneath the fears that are at the surface of our lives, like, will I get by? Will I close this deal? Will I get my health in check? It's the fear that we won't realize our purpose, that in some important way, we're going to come up short of what we know ourselves truly capable of, that we will have wasted the gift that we've been given this life. And that feels so big, right? We don't want to let ourselves down. We don't want to let the people we care about down. But because we're trying to decide on which thing outside of ourselves tells us who we are, and all of those things are prone to change, we're back and forth and kind of fuzzy on the details of who we are because we haven't decided who we are irrespective of those things. So for most people, their reflex is to answer when they're asked, who are you? Well, I don't know. And stop there at some vague sense of self. And most of the time, it's also a small sense of self that's constantly needing to be defended and validated. So you'll hear things like, this is just who I am, or that's just life. We don't always get what we want. And I don't know about you, but those statements kind of land in my gut. It's like this sinking feeling of, come on, like even you know there's more to you and more to this life than that. But how do we discover that for ourselves? We have to see beyond the illusion of being small and limited, which means we have to see beyond our thoughts. And this poses a challenge for many of us because our thoughts often feel like the truth. And so it's not our reflex to question something that feels true. Here's the thing. Most of us think we're experiencing our lives, but actually most of the time we're experiencing our thoughts about our lives. It's critical to be able to understand this difference. We perceive the world, and then the mind makes sense of it through the lens of interpretation, meaning your thoughts. Your circumstances, the way that life is, is neutral. It's factual. There are no judgments, opinions, adjectives layered on. What determines whether your experience of your circumstance is positive or negative are the thoughts that you're having. Is the story that you're telling yourself about the way your life is. So let me just elaborate on this a little bit because it's really important. A lot of people will come to me and say that how they're feeling is caused by 
what has happened to them or by what is happening to them. And what I'm offering here is that that's never the case. You can have two people who go through the exact same thing and one goes on to thrive and use the obstacle that they've faced as the way forward while the other, it, it becomes like this impassable wall and it becomes a reason to continue to spin in a sense of misery and stuckness and, and really face the sense of paralysis where they are. And the only way that we can explain this difference is by different brains having different thoughts and having different experiences based on those thoughts. So ask yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself about who I am with my thoughts? What have you decided about yourself? And have you decided? Recognizing our thoughts as thoughts is difficult because we don't know how to question something that feels true. Doubt is often called the invisible affliction in yogic tradition because it shows up everywhere, but generally we don't see it. It's subtle. So I'll ask a client, what's important to you in your life right now? And I'll get like some silence and then they'll say, well, I don't know. And it kind of boggles my mind, but in the same breath, I understand we're not in the habit of asking ourselves those kind of questions that direct our attention to the places that are asking us for attention. We're not used to listening hard for our own answers to the questions that we're asking ourselves. Deciding what we want our answer to be can feel like we're risking being wrong and nobody likes the feeling of being wrong, so it's easier to default to, I don't know. But of course, I don't know is the staple of the do-nothing strategy. It's the knock on wood, jump up and down three times and hope everything will figure itself out approach. <laughs> the problem is that this creates a kind of resignation because we're giving all our power of decision away without even realizing we're asking our environment and the people around us to tell us who we are. Which makes me think of the story of this guy who felt lost. So he sold everything and traveled all the way to India to see this guru. And the guru asks him, what is the purpose of your visit? And the guy goes into this speech about wanting to find himself. And after he's done, there's this silence and the guru looks at him a little confused. And he says, but son, you are right here. <laughs> and I like this story because we can get all philosophical with questions like who am I and what is the meaning of my life when in fact what the answer to those questions really always comes down to is what you decide and indecision is full of decision it's full of decision and it's full of the consequences of that decision to not decide <laughs> and this image just popped into my mind. I don't know if you've ever seen a video of this, but it's like a puppy that doesn't want to go for a walk. And so it's just kind of lying flat on the floor and being dragged across the room. Life moves us along whether we decided to go along with it or not. But it just feels like a drag if we resist it. It's the attitude we bring to our lives that allows us to uncover what makes us feel lit up from within and get that full body wag <laughs> to be able to walk into our lives with that swag of a little excited puppy. <laughs> so I was thinking 
to myself how I would define having a purpose. And for me, the way that it lands is that it's the way that we've decided to give our lives meaning. It's the way we consciously co-create our lives. And I emphasize the element of choice and co-creation here because for me, life is an evolution of our consciousness. It's process-oriented. But most of us are outcome-oriented. So we tend to think of a purpose as an outcome, as something we find outside of ourselves or something we arrive at. So most of us are looking for some sort of a map to get there without having a clear sense of where there is and not realizing that any kind of map anyway will tell you very little about how the actual journey will be. You actually have to step out into the terrain. And the real terrain of transformation is your life. So I was reading The Great Work of Your Life by Stephen Cope. And he wrote this line, which is that you can only expect a fulfilling life if you dedicate yourself to finding out who you are. And I was like, whoa, Stephen. <laughs> I like calling authors by their first names. It makes them seem like my friends. So I was like, whoa, Stephen, you're telling me I can only expect a fulfilling life if I decide who I am. That feels like a lot of adult responsibility. <laughs> and it is a lot of responsibility. I like to think of answering your calling in a literal sense. So it's answering the questions that arise in your life, really taking the time to pause and answer deliberately. And momentum builds because the most beautiful answers you will arrive at will always be more beautiful questions. So it's this refinement of the kind of questions that we're asking ourselves. And it's this asking and answering, asking and answering. That's what creates that felt sense of living into your purpose. You get practiced asking and answering your own questions. The little workaround if you feel stuck in an I don't know, is to make it a question. Stop yourself and say, okay, but what if I did know? Then get yourself to answer. Be open to believing that you do have an answer. So many of us get hung up on finding the answer. As humans, we like to be certain. We like to be right. So we'd rather be certain about not knowing then answer and feel uncertain about that. We don't like to feel like we could be wrong, but realize who decides if you're wrong. That's right, you. Other people might have their strongly held opinions, which you have no control over, but ultimately what you do have control over is what you make it all mean. You decide. There's not some cookie-cutter approach to finding your purpose. It's going to require some experimentation. You have to be willing to get it wrong at least some of the time to continue to move in the direction of more of your life feeling like this is it. This is what you're living into purposefully, what you've decided. And I love being wrong about myself. When I think to myself, oh, you can never do that, I'll notice that and then I like to prove to myself that I 100% can. Why not? When I think to myself, you're not the person who can do dot, 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 whatever. I love that my reflexes become to respond to my own jabs at myself by saying, well, why not? 
And this actually raises another important point, though, because I see a lot of people get confused. Many people feel that they have to achieve an extraordinary amount to have a purpose. And on that point, I want you to consider what you might be taking for granted in your life. It's important to slow down this process and take time to notice. So one exercise I'll have people do is I'll ask them, what's one area in your life where you feel like, dang, life is good to me? What's one area or one thing that you can be happy about right now? The reason that I'll have them do this exercise is to demonstrate that if you can learn to love your life just as it is, you can find purpose right where you are, right here, right now. Most of us just aren't spending time paying attention to the things that make us feel energized, stimulated, connected. Life is about what we create, but even more so, it's about how much we notice. In the Tao Te Ching, it is written, think of the small as large. This is such a useful instruction when the idea of purpose feels distant, obscure, or out of reach. It gives it a quality of immediacy, of being here now, of not being so elusive. After we bring what we appreciate about life into focus, what I'll do with my clients is I'll get them to think about why they feel good about that area in their life today. Think about that for yourself. Think about why that aspect of your life really provides you with a sense of well-being. Now, the reason you can feel good about that now is because it matches the story of how you think that area of your life should be. Or maybe it's even a little better. But essentially, it's how you're thinking about it. So if you bring to mind an area of your life where you feel you are coming up short of your expectations of how your life should be or of who you should be within your life, notice what story you're telling yourself about why that is and ask yourself if that's serving you. Ask yourself, how can I use this? You see, most of your experience of the world comes through a very narrow lens in your mind. It's a vision that's very constraining. Your brain does this because it draws from your past to get that feeling of certainty that we talked about a little bit before. And our tendency is to think in terms of probability instead of possibility. That's why if you don't tell your brain what to focus on, it will default to your past thinking and it will use that recycled thinking to create your future we direct our thinking by the quality of the questions we ask ourselves and your brain will answer any question asked of it no one can tell you what your purpose is you have to trust yourself to find it and choose it so get to know yourself that's what that phase of experimentation is for and in fact it's a phase that will last your entire lifetime. What feeling would let you know that you are aligned with your purpose? And what would you need to believe about your life to feel that way now? Discover this for yourself and you will set yourself on the pathway of purpose. You are one in 7.7 .7 billion people. And like Mother Teresa said, you may feel yourself to be but a drop 
in the ocean, but without you, the ocean would be less. Small as you may feel yourself to be, you have the power to uphold the inner order of the world because you are bound up in something so much larger. There's so much we don't know we don't know about ourselves, about life, about other people, and it's okay not to have all the answers. You are here with a purpose, and even if you don't know what it is, each day you can choose to live your life on purpose, to let your consciousness be expanded, relaxed, open. You are here to learn, to grow, to evolve, so become curious about your life, become fascinated with it. The point of it all is that at this moment in time, you have the privilege to be No matter where you are, no matter how long you've been there, at any moment, standing right where you are, you can decide who you are. And make sure you like your answer. Make sure you're the one deciding. Because who you are at any given moment is the sum of all your choices. And at any moment, you could choose differently. But the deeper we get into life, the more attached we become to our past choices, the more our choices become obscured as just the way things are. When you're aware that you're choosing, you don't have to feel so compelled to defend yourself. You don't have to justify or explain away who you are or how you show up to others. You gift yourself with the freedom to be. A friend of mine said something quite brilliant about that. She said, as we're all moving so quickly and pushing our goalposts even bigger and bigger, it can be easy to get caught up with what's next rather than what's now. This is your life right now. To the best of your knowledge, you have this one life to live. So how long are you going to wait before you demand the best of yourself for yourself? Ask yourself right now, if there's nothing outside of me telling me who or what I should be, then what do I want to decide? And choose wisely. There comes a point of realization in life. And for some, it's like gradually wading into the deep end of a pool and experiencing a kind of weightlessness as your feet lift off the ground. For others, it comes over us like a tidal wave. But really, it's this point when we're finally able to recognize that what we do with our lives is entirely up to us. The only person who really cares what you do with your life is you. The first person you're disappointing by trying not to disappoint somebody else is you. All right. So as you take that in, I just wanted to leave you With these last words from Michael A. Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul. If experience is the best teacher, there's nothing that comes close to the experience of life. So get out there and experience life. Claim it. Live it. Love it. Make your life a class. Life is meant to be lived in lessons, and there's nothing more worthy of study than you. That's truly the secret to graduating to the next level in your life. Okay, I'll talk to you again soon. 
thanks for being an awesome listener of the Mind Body Academy podcast. If you're ready to redefine success, to include health and happiness, and live into a body, you capital L O V E, then you need to join me in Think Yourself Slim. It's my one on one coaching program where you'll get the coaching you need to become a weight loss success story. Step into the vision that you have for your life over at mindbody.academy. Let's start a transformation today.